We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And uh, good morning, everybody. Oh, there he is. Good morning, Scott. God bless you. Man, uh, make sure your phone charger is plugged in is all I can say. God bless. Good to see everybody coming in here. Running a little bit late. I feel like this is, you know, we're, we're reaching the, uh, the the football priest level. You know, we're, oh, we're starting the podcast 40 minutes late. Yeah, 40 minutes late. It's uh, it's just one of the, uh, the hazards of having a 6 a.m. call time for you. I know. Yep. Uh, and I noticed, uh, you know, when I, when I started, you know, getting on Instagram and people doing screenshots and screen recordings and stuff, one of the things I noticed, I'm like, am I the only person that owns a phone charger? Like every single one of them, everybody's always in the red. They're at 2%. I'm like, man, my phone drops below 50% and I start to like get the shakes. So yeah. I've probably ruined my battery from keeping it overcharged. Let me, yeah, that's, uh, that's a thing. Ethan, Ethan hit me up this morning. He's like, no show today. I'm like, it beats me, man. I'm like, I wasn't ready to go solo. So I'm not starting one on my own today. No. God bless you. Yeah, no, I have a, one of those cordless phone chargers. And sometimes for some reason, it doesn't charge and it has like the lights go orange on it. And I woke up this morning and my cat was like licking my face. I'm like, Oh, good morning. It's dark out. It's gotta be like, you know, 4am sunny. <laughs> no, it's, it's darker it's than dark. hell. I it's, know. it's pitch black. Um, and I look at my phone, it says it's seven Oh five, like mother bleep. Uh, so here we are. Good morning, everybody. Let's say hello to some people coming in. We'll probably go until about mm, you know, 7.50 my time here today. We got Blade panic Plus. is as good as coffee for waking up, though. Oh, I oh, was wait. just thinking. God, sprinted down here. The cat ran down and the dog ran down. I'm like, no, go back, go back. But uh, welcome in, everybody. Blave Bliss viewer. Uh, yes, viewer here. Good. We got Blave Bliss. I'll say and hope everyone's doing well. I am wide awake. Clutchmaster59, good morning to you. Hello. We got Dom in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. We got Clutchmaster saying, I miss Melvin Gordon fumbling, made games. Uh, they made the games interesting. I don't miss the toxicity that came after uh, the fumbles. It got pretty ugly sometimes on Broncos social media with that. And, you know, he's, we can be upset about him, but, you know, it's still a person. It's like, get a little bit, it got a little bit weird sometimes. Yeah, there are very few people on earth that I, in, schadenfreude over where i enjoy it when they mess up yeah especially on my own team yeah so i mean i get, maybe you're just a sicko clutch and i don't mean that in a negative way sicko is an endearing term in uh in my world if you follow the sickos committee on twitter they're like one of my favorite accounts they're hilarious um ronjo coming in here saying good morning guys glad you are here was having withdrawals well ronjo make sure you guys comment more um if you guys are joining us here you're probably wondering what's going on i don't recognize the name ronjo so much so uh we appreciate you no withdrawals 
Um, Greg Smith saying good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Ugh, I don't have coffee. Woke up 30 minutes late and thought I missed the podcast. No missing it. No missing it. So, uh, yeah, that's on me. <laughs> I am awake. My heart is pounding. I've just been pro- planning Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl trips. I'm like, all right, how bad do I want to hurt myself on this, trying to get to both games? Because practice starts at Shrine Bowl on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. And in order to not be a complete zombie, I need to be a mobile Monday night uh, instead of trying to come in Tuesday morning. I'm like, all right. So I've just been planning that out. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get out there. I'm still, I'm still going to get out there. It's a little bit of an expense, but worth it. Y'all are worth it. I've never been to Vegas. So it's uh, probably an interesting town. It's a, it's a good, uh, it's one of the best people watching towns in the world. I believe that I'm, I'm in down. I'm in Seattle. I see some people watching here too. Mark Schrader coming in. Good morning, guys. Good morning to you, Mark. Good to see you. We got Josh Simpson saying good morning. First time catching you live. See, if I would have been late, maybe Josh wouldn't, or if I'd have been on time, Josh maybe wouldn't have joined us. So uh, <laughs> good to see you. Um, hoping for the impossible when it comes to KC. Says, boy, you're late this morning, guys. Yep, but we're here. God bless. Better late than never. Uh, Broncos country, while you're here, love the show. Glad you came in. I, w- I will listen since I'm a fan since 68. This will get better. It has to get better, right? I'm afraid to talk in absolutes because we said it would get better last year, and God bless it didn't. Thank you for the stars, Mark. We always appreciate the support coming in, kicking us off even though we're late. Mark's right on time. Nick is late. Nick, Nick's a wizard. He arrives precisely when he means to. Are you, You're a Lord of the Rings, big Lord of the Rings nerd, right? Yeah. They're putting the uh, the Shire um, bag end on Airbnb um, in New Zealand for like it's like only three days. I think I don't know what it's going to be like. It's, it's all for that. Yeah, it's true. But God, that I don't want to. I don't want to crawl around. That's not for me gonna be like gandalf whapping his head on the the banister there um yeah well that's uh would be pretty cool not to give free publicity to them because i want to go it's in new zealand i've never been that's like a dream vacation but let's get into it guys uh we have the broncos with probably their second hardest game on the schedule of the season uh unfortunately the this first year. being at kansas city 100 percent, 100 um with the broncos uh going to kansas city scott is there any chance a snowball chance in hell that uh, the Broncos come out with a win in this one. Of course. I mean, there's always a chance. It's the NFL. I mean, it, the the Jacksonville Jaguars go into Buffalo or beat Buffalo either at home. I don't remember where it was last year. Yeah. But, you know, they – and I thought it was at Buffalo, you know, mm-hmm. and get that win. You know, the, the margins are fairly thin. Mm-hmm. And the defense – when the defense shows up, they can keep you in any game. Now you just need a turnover here or there. And well, I say that, and then you get turnovers and you still don't cash in on them. Yeah, I know. Um, Cortland Sutton looks like he's going to be out. Uh, that was the update from yesterday, um, among other things. There, there's so many injuries on this team. They're talking about Nathaniel Hackett gets up there and starts reading off the injury list of guys I've never heard of. I'm like, I don't remember Dakota Allen. I follow this team every day. I don't remember this guy. And he's hurt too? Who is he? Um, you know, so it's, it's been comical at this point. And, you know, I, I told y'all last year, and this isn't anything groundbreaking or earth shattering or anything, but injuries pile up when your team is doing poorly too. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy's out with a stomach bug. This guy's out, you know, that you're a little bit, you, you're on the, the, the injury list a, a week longer than maybe you would if you're playing, if you're going for a playoffs and somebody's breathing down your neck for your job. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things. So as the team fails, some of those little nicks and niggles become a little more serious as your team is out of the hunt. So yeah. and that, that's that's part of it too. 
Yeah, like I think there maybe would be a possibility that we would have seen Randy Gregory getting some snaps back by now, but like why rush it? He, it's more like it's more important to have him as healthy as possible next off season than and, it is. Yeah, to, and like Diamond Rattler season. says, you know, I'm not talking about the big injuries. No, of course not. You know, no, I'm I'm faking an ACL. You know, no, 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 no. I'm not I'm not yeah. talking about that. I'm talking about some of the the little things when he starts reading out. You know. So and so's out with a thumb. This guy's out with an, uh, you know, his ankle strain. This guy's, you know, we're still not sure about his hamstring. You know, the 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 little knocks, those little ones, not not the big ones. And the, the injuries have contributed to the demise of this season for sure. But now the injury list is getting, you know, it's getting ridiculous too. So it's and and it's not necessarily all with the bigger things. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's a combination of all the diamond. You're you're right. Yeah. We got Ron Hall Jr., RHJ, coming in. Good morning. Good to see you. All caps. That's the energy I love because since I don't have my coffee. Albert Knoppers, morning, y'all. Good to see you. Clee, Mr. Uh, Quippy here, always coming with a fun fun response to saying, it's a rhetorical question the Broncos can beat the Chiefs. It could happen. Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Uh, we also got our guy Adam coming in saying, what's up? Adams, good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Juan Espinoza. Coming in saying, good morning, gentlemen. There was a report from Mile High Sports saying the Broncos might consider making changes in the front office. Have you guys heard anything? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I did a whole show ways. on it on Tuesday. Juan, yep. if you want to, if you want to catch up, the uh, the building the Broncos episode was a lot about George Payton in the hot seat. So yep. it's yeah, it's it's cranking around. It's that he's you know that he's not 100 safe either. Yeah, and you know just full. We have heard some stuff, but in general, I'll speak for myself here, more in the reaction analysis business versus the breaking news business, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. Um, but we do hear things uh, and it does sound like it's a possibility. I know uh, uh, people out there have said that it's not happening, but I think right now the general manager or the ownership group has enough tallies in the negative where they could consider it. They could do that if they wanted to. Uh, but I could see it go either way. My big concern, and I said it last night, I think George Payton is a very good drafter and talent evaluator. Uh, This year, obviously, the Benito pick has not been great. It's a little early to bury that one. Uh, But 
The biggest concern for me with bringing back George Payton in an ultimatum 2023 season is that does he act in a way that it hurts the team long-term for short-term gains? Uh, if you give him the understanding that you need to win 10 games or make the playoffs next year, maybe he's trading away 2024 draft capital to go get guys this year. Maybe he's giving contracts that are extremely backloaded that hurt you later on because uh, that means that you have more cap space to make the team better next year. And you know who did that, Nick? Thomas Dimitrov is going to be Thomas Dimitrov. Ring, ring, ring. And the Falcons. One more shot at it. Yep. And the Falcons have three of the highest, two two of the three highest dead cap numbers in history. Yep. Uh, of, of, of they've uh, had to get rid of some guys that, and that's not even counting Deion Jones yet, who's would yeah. make the top 10 list. So that's my big concern. Um, I'm not advocating for George Payton to go out, but I think he does need to have, they need to have somebody in here who has stoppers, you know, training, not training wheels, but like bumpers on his contracts and decisions. But it's like, okay, we're going to move up in the first round and we're going to give up our 2024 first. Um, do you see what it was like this year where we suck and we don't have our first round pick? That's not happening. We're keeping that pick because there's no way in heck we're giving away our number one overall that could end up being Caleb Williams or some crap. Can you imagine if you gave up that pick and then ended up being number one and over overall the Broncos country should burn down Dove Valley. If that happened, uh, Ethan, don't do that folks. Uh, Ethan coming in saying good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Ethan, this is on me for being late. My, uh, phone was on. He knows. Okay. God bless he knows. Him. I already blamed you. Good. It's, <laughs> it's not even falling on a sword. Put the sword through me. Um, but, uh, we got Justin coming in saying, good morning. No way do we beat the Chiefs. Uh, somebody made a comment in here that the Colts beat the Chiefs. Anything can happen. And we'll get into it here. Dan uh, Bailey. Yeah, but the Colts answer. beat the Broncos too. That's, they beat the, the, entire AFC, the entire AFC West. So it's pretty amazing. And they play the Chargers this week. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Dan Bailey saying not happening. Yeah, probably not. Um, probably not. We got Patrick saying twice and decisively, Patrick, I missed your coffee this morning. It's on me, <laughs> but we don't have it. Got Fallen Sloth coming in for just a bit to drop a like and give my support. God bless you, Fallen Sloth out there in Cincinnati. Hope the zoo stuff is going well. Love you guys and love the Broncos. No matter what, an abusive relationship at this point. They're gaslighting us. Maybe this time they'll get it. Diamond Rattler, I've seen enough. Peyton, he's not going to magically repair everything next year. He's not. They have an argument for it. I th I'm not going to argue with you either way. I feel like some people come in like, oh, you're an idiot for even considering that. Oh, of course he has to go. Well, the fact that there's two people saying that means that there's probably an argument both ways. <laughs> but uh, it's never ahead. binary. No, never, never, never. Alabama Chagrin beat the Chiefs. Hell, we can't beat the Raiders. But like Nick said last night, we do seem to get up and give the Chiefs all they can handle. No moral victories. Scott, if the Broncos lose to the Chiefs 10-9, to 9, would you consider that a moral victory? No, there are no moral victories anymore. Okay. Um, I'd feel a little better. <laughs> it's, a, it's a loss is a loss. You're not. You're so disappointed that the only thing that's going to – you're so disappointed with the season that a close loss isn't going to be anything. It's not like you started the season with crappy expectations, with low expectations. You started the season by getting blown out and you're working your way up. You know, you feel a progress where the check marks going in the right direction, even where a close loss against a Super Bowl contender starts feeling like you're making progress. No, it, it, it wouldn't be a moral victory at all. It would still be another loss in a game that you probably could have won, which there have been several of them this year. Probably could have, should have, would have with, you don't even want to say competent offense, just bad offense. Instead of a historically awful offense, if you were just 25th in the NFL this year, just bad, you'd be in the playoff hunt. And you'd be talking about like a Baltimore Ravens team. This defense is good enough to, to make a run. Like you're the, or the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
that year that they pulled it off. So, um, oh, oh no, Peter Middleton, Peter Middleton got you by accident. So another yep. Nick, you're you're just we we have to get Peter Middleton as the as the chat scrolled. We blocked you blocking a spammer. So yep. I'll go in and see if I can't fix that. I don't know that I can because it's on Facebook. So we'll get that fixed. Apologies, Peter. <sighs> Man, I um, swear to God, I clicked and then it said Peter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the girls won 18 whatever uh was on there three times but um, no there's no there's no moral victories anymore not with this team nope yep and peter we still have your comment in here so that doesn't make any sense why he would be blocked if you can see it because typically it takes the comment away hmm. anyway we'll get to Peter differently though that's true that's true um, but the girls one is gone. That was on YouTube. Um, anyway, Peter says Broncos only team not to win a division game. When will the Broncos win the next one? I think you have a chance week 18 this year uh, with the Broncos versus the Chargers. This Chargers team is not very good. Uh, they're also extremely injured. They play not very good defense and they put, they pretty much just rely on Justin Herbert to play perfectly to win football games, uh, which is there's no easy button for what anything that they do. So uh Broncos, I think definitely have a chance in that one. I'm not sure though. Dave Glassman, no Facebook. Or I have a question for you. This is okay. uh, when I walked into a room. I, I, you know, I, I looked around. I'm, it's just in my nature to know okay. all my surroundings. That's why I, I do scouting and stuff. But I always looked and said, okay, uh, okay, that dude is, you know, six three, good looking. Okay, I'm, I'm not competing with him. Do you feel that way about the head coaching search about with the L.A. Chargers? And the Denver Broncos, who could both be looking for, it's like, all right, let's see who LA is going to go after because we need to go after the next guy for a head coaching search. Does that appear like a better job for you? Oh, 100%. They have the quarterback. They have the quarterback. They have, he's still on his rookie cost controlled uh, contract. I think the big thing with the big difference is that you have far more wealthy owners, uh, but the Broncos are in a bad situation because the Russell Wilson contract and the lack of capital. I mean, it's just. And the other team, a lot of people in the NFL, you know, they know people like, oh, Justin Herbert isn't winning, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people much smarter than me in evaluating talent are be like, Justin Herbert's one of the top three most talented quarterbacks in football, and the scheme is not very good, and their defense can't stop the run to save their lives. They're not very well built. And you're pretty sure they'll be in the market in the offseason. Yes, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like Sean Payton's going to end up there mm-hmm. nine out of ten times, or probability nine out of ten. So uh, that's... Uh, Definitely frustrating. Peter, I'm so sorry that I blocked you, buddy. I don't know what happened. Um, we got Roy Osborne coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. I'll spread some Christmas cheer. The Broncos beat the Chiefs. I'll pay the beer fund going forward. Okay, well, we'll take a coffee fund over here. Although, actually, we don't need it because Patrick uh, supports us for that. So we'll take a super chat, Roy. We appreciate you so much. Eddie Vasquez, love you guys. Thanks for being here. We also got Ronjo coming in saying, usually have to listen at work, so can't always comment. Well, glad we could catch you. Says, thanks for the great show and great Broncos conversation. Uh, Daniel Bailey coming back in too, saying, Russ's strengths used to be being able to win close games. Aside from that ability, has he been winning? Has the winning mentality faltered too? I don't know. That's such a weird, like, psyche deep question that it's I can't even answer. Like, was he winning close games because the team was much better and they had a better like belief in the system and, you know, better execution and discipline Broncos are number one in the NFL and unforced errors on the offensive side of the ball in terms of penalties, number one in false starts, procedural errors. They're also number, they're the worst special teams in football. You hard to win close games when you're losing those margins every single bleep in a week. The one week I can remember where they didn't lose the special teams matchup was the game they won against the 49ers. Uh, so it's pretty tough, but losing mentality, this is definitely much a losing mentality. 
And uh, Peter St. Nick didn't block me out yeah, here. I'm glad we made it back. The, the chat scrolls up, and every once in a while, you'll go to block a spammer or someone coming in, and it scrolls up right when you do it. Kind of like when you're on a, uh, a website and you want to click on the menu, and that's when the ad loads, and you mm -hmm. click on the ad, kind of the same thing. So, uh, Peter, we'll get you fixed up on uh, the Mile High Huddle page. I don't have access to that one. I can't unblock you on that, but I'll, I'll send it to Chad. He'll take care of it. Apologies. Uh -huh our friend you you obviously know that was a mistake that wasn't that wasn't directed at you yeah and you can see that the girls account where singles near you is blocked <laughs> as well which is right around you um but uh, let's get into it so scott what does a path to victory for the broncos look like in this game i know it's you know it has to be insanity you know andy reed losing his mind and like oh let's hand it off to patrick Sertan here i think that's going to be a great play it's, it's the <laughs> cliches you know run the yeah. ball keep it close hopefully get a turnover, win the turnover battle, you know, um, you know, for all the talk about, you know, we, we came in last night talking about the Cowboys and they, you know, they put up 54 on the Colts. That was on the Colts offense. The, aside from some, this team hasn't turned the ball over a lot, the, you know, mm -hmm. going back to the winning mentality, the Broncos haven't turned it over a lot. They've just turned it over in crucial situations. They've been, they've been game changing turnovers. So get one of those on your side and have the defense play inspired football. You know, guys, you guys are all playing for contracts and jobs next year too, especially all you new guys in the room uh, on one year deals that we went through um, yesterday morning or Monday morning of the buyer sell on Tuesday morning, probably when it was mm -hmm. on uh, the free agents you want to keep. So, you know, the, the offense, you know, this is your chance rooks, you know, maybe we can, as these guys come back, Maybe you can play your way into a, a, a starting position on another team. There's a lot of incentive for these guys to go out there and play. Um, you know, who wants a new contract? Dalton Reiser, you want a new contract? Go go earn it. Uh, Draymond Jones, you want to be, you know, a $20 million guy next year through a franchise tag or free agency? Here's your chance. Everybody's watching the Chiefs. So play inspired football and you will keep the game close and then get lucky. Then get lucky. Not, I know he's been kind of a, pulling a Houdini, you know, ghost act this season, especially since the first three weeks or so, but not having Cortland Sutton is going to hurt a lot. Uh, how healthy is Jerry Judy? Um, how much can he make an impact? He's been one of the better wide receivers against man coverage this season in terms of yards per route run. I'd be more interested in his EPA uh, per routes run or per coverage, but uh, I digress. And the other one is I hope that you get some explosiveness in the run game. Latavius Murray, God bless him. That rugby style scrum run is not great. Uh, and also he's very much, you know, I'm a scat back. No, you're not. You're 250 pounds as a running back, like push the pile. I'm hoping that Mike Boone comes back and provides the offense a little bit of a spark, not just in the rushing game, but in the, the dump off pass game. I mean, you mentioned it after the last game, how many times did the Broncos make a play in space when they actually did get the ball? Now, part of that is scheme. Part of that is Russell Wilson not doing the best in terms of ball placement and timing to maximize yak opportunities. But uh, I think Mike Boone is the the dark horse in this game. He needs to have a the game of his career <laughs> to have a chance. Legendary Mike Boone. Yeah, the, the one and only. And if you guys recall last year, I think he had a pretty darn good game at Kansas City uh, with Monday Night Football last season. But uh, he's definitely your most explosive back. And uh, with him being that much closer to health i guess you probably are never going to be 100 healthy after you've suffered an injury in the nfl in the, in a season but uh you want mike boone to have a, a great game special teams need to have the game of their life um we need 
honestly just fair catch the darn ball. Montreal, Washington, the, some of the fields that he makes is just hair pulling out stupid. Uh, Corliss Waitman have his best game since San Francisco. Biggest one for me though. And it's unfair. It's an unfair ask, but it's an unfair ask to ask to be the chiefs with this team right now, but defensive points. We've seen zero points off defense this year, a strip sack, a pick six. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Something, or like, let's say they return to like the five-yard line. I'd rather than hit pay dirt, but like something like that. We haven't had that this season. This defense, as good as they've been, very low in the turnover aspect and zero defensive points. Let's let's get some. Let, this is the week to do it if you're going to have a chance in hell. Mike Boone, last year against the Chiefs, had 35 yards on okay, four no. carries. Nice average, but 35 yards, which made it the fourth highest total of his career. He also had 19 yards on one reception. So, like he said, when he got a chance, he was making plays. But his 19 yards on one reception is the second highest total of his career. So... That was his second best game from scrimmage at 54 yards. This Mike Boone stuff is driving me nuts. It really is. He's not good, but nobody is good. <laughs> it's not. Maybe he is, but we talk about him on here like he's, you know, oh man, when Mike Boone comes out, remember what he did? No, I don't remember what he did because he hasn't done anything. Yeah. Anyway, it's just frustrating. The revisionist history drives me nuts. When people talk about things as if they're a fact when they're wrong, it bothers me. But he must have had some good carries uh, and explosive plays in that one. He had a good game one season in, let me see what it was. I had yards, that's receiving, 47 yards receiving. uh, Yards, it was the the game against, he had 17 carries for 148 yards. Uh, was the one time he broke 56 yards. And he had 13 carries against the Chargers in 2019. So 30 carries for 200 yards is solid, and that turns him into a $5 million man with the Denver Broncos. Hey, don't forget, he had one 41-yard 40 yard carry against the Jets. That was pretty sweet before he got hurt. He had, a four, he had a big explosive run against the Jets this year. It must have been called back because he... Does, oh, wait a second. No, that was up on his game log. That was that was with the Vikings. I just looked up Mike Boone Jets because I knew he had a good game and I saw 41 yard run. Never mind. Excuse me. Excuse oh, me. The long doesn't show up here. It must have been against his his his, his career numbers, his career total yards in order 148 against with Minnesota against the Bears, 56 against the Chargers. I see LAC. I want to say Clippers and 38 Denver against Indiana, 35 Denver against Kansas City. So it may have been called back. Yeah. Um, made for a good highlight. I always said when I was putting highlights together, though, there are no penalties on highlights. No penalties on Naj either. Let's get to Naj here. 100%. Uh, hey, brothers, I'm excited at the prospect of Albert Okawebanam and Dulcich out there together. Feels like Johnson and Virgil have been non-existent. Is that them not getting open? Is it Russ not seeing them? Someone has to step up. It's it, Frankly, Naj, it's them being, for the receivers anyway, it's them being... Young, rookie, not great wide receivers. Plain and simple. Uh, Jalen Virgil, 
despite the fact he played in a, a high passing offense, had like 30 catches in his career at App State. He, he wasn't a great receiver. He's a good kickoff man. He's a track guy playing football. Super fast. Might be the fastest guy in the league. That That's about it, though. Um, Brandon Johnson. Wasn't Brandon Johnson undrafted free agent? Yep. You know, University coming in out of UCF or somewhere like that. You know, he, he was a, a nobody. Yeah. These are practice squad guys, Naj. Uh, Albert Okawebenam has been maybe my most disappointing player of this season. Um, uh, I mean... <laughs> Russell Wilson, <laughs> yeah, not you know, yes, yeah. yeah. As far as guys that we had seen last year, you know, yeah. that were going to step up, not a regression. I was hoping that Okawebenam was going to have a big step up, and he he can't even get on the field. Um, so how excited are we to see him out there with Russell Wilson historically not using the tight end that much? Uh, Dulcich is seeing the ball as a in, a in a wide receiver position, kind of out out of the slot. And Hackett talked about uh, Okawebenon being that big wide receiver, also. So you're you're not necessarily going to see him as a tight end, but as a f- sub four five guy who's six five and should be able to just man just throw the ball up for him, yeah. uh, throw just throw him open. So yes, Naj, I'm ex- I'm interested to see him too because we haven't seen him all freaking year. Yeah, besides week one, he had a good first down catch <laughs> i remember seeing that kevin seven coming in 499 super saying hey guys would it be dumb for to go multiple offensive line prospects in the draft low-key need four out of five positions maybe a couple wide receivers as well the issue is after your first three picks in this you are essentially you know like maybe the guy makes the roster or not i guess you could argue maybe the early picks in the fourth round as well but i think the line of demarcation that a lot of teams view is like the 120th pick in any given class you should be able to find contributors in the top 120 picks obviously the probability goes down the further you get from number one and the value goes down but uh as far as you know four offensive linemen well you're already in the fourth round you've used all your picks here you also probably need running back you probably need depth somewhere on the defense you need god knows you need somebody who can contribute on special teams for the love of god out there good goodness gracious uh but uh i think this is definitely a possibility my big question about this and it comes back to my point of like okay is if you give George Payton next season to make the playoffs or be comp- competitive or not, what does that mean? The draft looks like if you're taking four out of five offensive linemen, those guys, no, maybe he's not saying four out of five, he's saying that there's a need for four out of five positions. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So okay. would it make sense? The, 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 the key here is would it make sense to draft multiple offensive linemen? Yes, of course. Um, that said, if you are depending on your offensive line next year with let's say two rookie offensive linemen playing, there's a chance the offensive line is even worse next year than it w- was this year when people were relatively healthy. Uh, there's all you don't know about uh, rookies. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes they fall flat on their face. Like, oh, you, you know, you, let's say you draft another Lloyd Cushenberry. Remember how bad Lloyd Cushenberry was his rookie year as a middle third round pick? I mean, there's no guarantee there. Um, and that's one reason I'm a little bit worried about Peyton as well If the, in this situation is that maybe he doesn't take these positions that are much more developmental. If you are taking two or three offensive linemen, it's not about what their impact is on 2023. It's about what they're doing on your offensive line in 2025, you know, like two years from now, especially for the non first round pick. Uh, I mean, you go over and listen to Scott and I on the Falcons channel. It's year four of Caleb McGarry. And he was horrible. His first three years this year, he's one of the top right tackles in football offensive linemen. Most of the time take time. Uh, and George Payton doesn't have time. So that's, it's a rough situation uh, to be looking to build those developmental picks, especially when you are limited in the cap space department. Kevin, I've said six. So yes, I want three free agents and I want three draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> I want six new bodies on the 90 
to 100 when they come in and they bring him in for camp at least. Um, and and yes, so low-key need four out of five positions. Yeah, left guard, center. I think you're good at right guard. Left tackle, how well does Garrett Bowles come back? He should be okay. That wasn't a knee. That would look like he was rolled up on. Was that a broken leg? Yeah, I don't I remember. So. I don't remember for sure, but it felt like that was a, a bone as opposed to a ligament injury, uh, which it doesn't affect those guys as much. They wear their big knee braces anyway. Uh, but I expect him to come back. And you can get help in the middle rounds for your interior line, even at tackle. You know, the highest graded rookie offensive lineman is right now. Is it Abe Lucas? It is not. It is Braxton Jones. Oh, for the Bears. You know how much On I love PFF, Braxton Jones. Who is getting the opportunity, but he's playing really well. And I think he was a fifth round pick. He was uh, Southern Utah. I mean, we mocked him constantly to the Broncos. Yeah, we we loved him. Picks. Long arms, bounce, loved him. He was a senior bowl guy. Bernard Ray- Raymond was taken in the third round, I believe. Abraham yep. Lucas was in the third round. You like Zach Tom a lot, I think. I don't remember yes. for sure, but I He's mentioned three of the top six, Braxton Jones, and I'm not sure where Jamari Sawyer went, so I didn't want to say him. He went like the sixth round. He had like a knee th- issue or something where he plummeted. And he's got 431 snaps this year. So you can get help. You, you can. We've picked guys out. This, if, if an idiot like me can pick them out and guys that have gone in and started and succeeded, you can get help um, in the middle rounds. So, Kevin, six. I want six. I want three free agents, and I want three uh, draft picks on the offensive line. Do you consider the potential of bringing uh, Cameron Fleming back as a swing guy? I have him back in a heartbeat. Her. He was, we, one he of, was one of our, our keeps on the group at $1.2 million. He is a pending free agent. He has vastly overperformed what you're paying for him, and he is a good number three at any position. Yeah, Don't want him I, starting necessarily, but and he may have played his way into a higher contract. Someone may pay him three to five. Where he he prices himself out of out of your uh, out of your price range for what you got out of him this year, but for the the guys that we've seen roll in, I would I think he was a great number three tackle, number three guard. Yep, I I agree with you. He's been pretty good. It's been interesting the the discussion around him and talking about the offensive line. Uh, saw from Mike Kliss the other day talked about how the Broncos had approached both Draymond Jones and. Uh, Dalton Reisner talking about the offensive line to sign a contract uh, with the Broncos potentially. And then that the negotiations were paused around the London game. And uh, now we're kind of in limbo with those guys, but first not in limbo with us. Phil McLaughlin saying morning, Nick and Deacon Scott. Wow. First Broncos for breakfast for me. Is that true? I, I feel like you always I know, I feel out. like Phil, I feel like you're in here all the time, but I mean, I know we see you every day, but yeah. I'm in here at least once a day, usually twice a day. So, mm-hmm. uh, Glad you're able to make it make it live. You're you're certainly uh, uh, a familiar face, regardless. Yeah, God bless you, Phil. We appreciate you. But the transition there, talking about the offensive line, sounds like the Broncos, at least in earnest, approached Dalton Reisner with a contract negotiation and didn't find common ground. Don't know if it's you know they didn't the teams didn't agree. The ownership groups that put a kibosh on Peyton giving out contracts uh, for now, given the Russell Wilson situation and his. Uh, current status with the Broncos, something to consider, but um, any thoughts on that? So Dalton Reisner, Scott, would you have paid Dalton Reisner to bring him back? Well, my thought on it first is you're on thin ice. General manager, George Payton, you're on thin ice. We're not letting you go and sign extensions right now because we're not sure you're going to be here. And we don't make you making those decisions. That is a huge 
flag going up that George Payton's on thin ice uh, when you're not allowed to do your job. Um, that's a big one. Would I have approach again, rookie contract, you know, at three and a half, I think he's probably, that's probably too much, you know? So you want to be a free, you know, I, I'd Mike Boone him or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Melvin Gordon, him, or one of those guys, you want to hit free agency. Fine. We got a $2 million deal sitting here on the table for you. If you want to come back fight for a starting position, it's not a guaranteed because frankly, you haven't been good enough. But here, I, I would let him test free agency, and I'd have a, a reserve contract type of money waiting for him in the background. But I would not approach him with an extension by any means right now. And I think the market value on over the cap has him at a three-year contract for twelve million, so about four million per year. Um, so we'll see uh, how that. They're not plays watching out. him. They're they're just they're they're thinking, oh, he has started. This is what happens with a guy at this age who has this many starts who is coming off this pick. amount of money. Here is your typical next step. Yeah. No, not for me. No way. Yeah. And uh, we got uh, DWI guy saying, let them walk. Now in the Cliss article, it sounds like that Draymond Jones is going to be back in Denver next year. Regardless, uh, the Broncos either work out a contract with him or he gets the almighty franchise tag. Now, what level of franchise tag do they place on him? I'm not sure there's different. Uh, there's the exclusive, there's the non-exclusive. Uh, you can get picks back for him. I don't think anybody is going to sign Draymond Jones off the uh, non-exclusive tra- uh, franchise tag, which I think you might get two first round picks or something for him. I mean, God, that's, somebody, somebody wants to do that. Then God bless. I think that's something if somebody's stupid enough to put that on like a Patrick Mahomes or something, then a team would jump on that. But so the, uh, you could probably put <laughs> the non-exclusive. Yeah. I think you well, probably Bills did that. Here's two picks. Yeah. We'll, we'll flip him for more than that. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Or you heck even like Trevor Lawrence right now. Like you'd give up, you'd give up two first round picks for Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, even though he hasn't been amazing, there's it's still, you watch the tape. It's like, Oh man, this is, there's some greatness here. Um, but uh, I digress. Uh, well, Draymond Jones does seem that was picking number one overall. He's not supposed to look all that great. He, he looks the part, the team is improving, but they were yeah. bad. They were really bad, and they've been really bad for a long time. Speaking of culture changes, I'm not, I'm not going to even as bad as Zach Wilson looked. I wasn't ready to say, okay, this guy's a bust. Now, after two years, now I'm leaning that way hard yeah. Yeah. because, again, for the reasons I saw, was what scared me the most about a guy like Zach Wilson is when he had time, he was worse. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a bad bad sign. Yeah. When you know when you when you when you see a quarterback in a five step drop one two three four five plant that foot and throw, even at the college level that's a completion ninety five percent of the time on a first read. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah, and just his teammates come out in Mike White shirts, and the, the offense looking so good with Mike White, Garrett Wilson looking amazing out there. It's that's bad times for Zach Wilson truthers. That's for sure. Zach Wilson, maybe Zach Wilson does get piled on, but I feel like the amount of piling on that Justin Fields get gets compared to Zach Wilson in a comparison of their play level is weird. I think Zach Wilson, we're, we're going off the rails here a little bit on a, on a short time, but Zach Wilson has almost been written off. Um, you know, I saw Justin Fields and the QB index was up in the, the top 10, you know, so some of the, some of the backlash he's getting at this point is like, Hey, pump the brakes just a little bit. You know, this is, this is going a little too fast. 
you know, the next big thing, you know, Bailey Zappi. Oh, yay. You know, yeah, he got found out quick. Um, he had a good game. Everybody's always it, the, the the reflex reaction on that is always it's too extreme one way or the other. Yep, I uh, I agree with you 100 percent. It is way too extreme. Um, it's rough. But let's say hello to some people in here. I want to get back to the Draymond Jones conversation before we do start to wrap things up. Richard Miles. Morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. Eddie saying go to New Zealand, Nick. It's a dream one day. Plan it. Make it happen. I heard you like it to hike also. Obsessed. Um, one of the most beautiful places on earth. I'm a native Texan. I'll never forget being there. That would be amazing. Um, no doubt about that. We got Nigel Watts coming in saying hi from Perth, uh, Australia. Broncos fan since the early 90s uh, when I played <laughs> for the Perth Broncos. They did have an actual Broncos training jersey, but someone stole it. Bummer. God, that sucks. Sorry to hear that. About this week's game, I'm very worried. We may not score and hit a new low. I think that the Broncos will probably score um, in this game. That's a, I think that's a more safe bet uh, because they're going to have to be tossing it around the yard. Granted, it could very much turn into a Broncos versus Panthers game where you are down early and your offense looks horrible because your drop back pass game is trash and a half. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it is what it is. We got Greg Smith coming in. Nick, Nick Iowa's negative one versus Kansas City in the Music Bowl. Is it a safe bet? I, this is going to be one of the lowest unders in a bowl game of all time. Iowa and Kentucky already had very poor offenses. Iowa's first and second string quarterback are out. Kentucky's first string quarterback, Will Levis, is out. First team to 14 points. Game winner. It's Can't wait to tune into that one. Uh, you know I'm going to be. I'm a sicko. Like they say, that's what we want. We got, we got Quentin coming in. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you. Uh, we also got our guy, Eugen, coming in saying this upcoming game is going to be the biggest embarrassment. I don't think it's going to be the biggest embarrassment. We've already been there. Uh, it would have been a, the biggest embarrassment if it was on Sunday Night Football. Luckily, it's going to be, you know, teamed away. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we're going to have as many people watching this one. And KB82 coming in saying, morning, fellas. Who would you consider a legit underrated free agent this offseason? Kind of like Kwan Williams. There's only two names. I guess three names that come to mind for me as far as underrated free agent. One of them is Cameron Fleming. He's done a serviceable job at right tackle despite being picked up like pretty close to right before the season when uh, it was pretty obvious that Turner and Compton weren't going to be ready. And he's done serviceable. He's not 100% right now. I have that on very good authority. And uh, he was really not feeling great versus the uh, the Raiders when he was going up against Max Crosby. So uh, he's been fine. I would bring him back. I'd be happy to bring him back for, you know, two years, six million or something like that. Uh, but um what about Quan Williams is obviously another one. And then Scott probably will get this one as well. But Alex Singleton has played great. You paid him just to be a depth kind of special teamer. And uh, he's been he's been great. And, and I think Kenny's asking, asking about other players, other teams. And I don't I don't know everybody else's list well enough on there. But just I went and looked through the uh, PFF's top five at every position and looked at edge. And uh, Yannick Ngakwe wasn't even mentioned among honorable mentions as in a top eight or nine. He just put his name on the list of the at least eight sacks in the first seven seasons with Reggie White, Derek Thomas, um, Demarcus Ware, and there was one more interior lineman that was another Hall of Famer that I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was one of those five guys. I'm like, now, he's been more steady. He doesn't have that uber 20-sack type guy, but you pencil him in, you're getting 10 sacks, and he's decent against the run, coming off about... $10 million, I think. That's an underrated free agent in my book. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say he's decent against the run um, from when I've watched him and evaluated him, but he is... He ain't Malik Reed, is what I'm saying. No. Who's getting eight sacks and 
can't get, you know, it was getting traded for by a four, a fourth round pick, seventh round pick, seventh, sixth round pick. <laughs> yes. It's, but we sent a seventh too. So it's like the value of a upper higher seventh. Jeremy, Sean morning guys thought I was going crazy this morning. Jeremy, we appreciate you coming in. No, no reason to go crazy. And uh, KB82 saying, I heard Russell just entered the transfer portal. Man, that would be uh, something. This transfer portal stuff is wild. Um, not to go too far down. This maybe kind of pertains to the Broncos, but uh, Jordan Palmer and Kyle Allen, two former NFL quarterbacks, you know, guys who do a lot of quarterback training, did a podcast yesterday with new Iowa Hawkeye quarterback, Cade McNamara. First off, um, Michigan doesn't give out like hardly any NIL money. It sounds like Jim Harbaugh is very much not about that, which to me, that's the new era of college football. I'm curious if Jim Harbaugh makes the jump because of this transfer portal NIL stuff. And um, that's what I said. You know, why would yeah. he make this move? He's got Michigan rolling because college football has turned into a big pain in the hiney for yeah. a head coach. It is so much. And I, I said, I corrected myself because I said it's so much more work as a college football head coach. No, no, no. It's, it's it, those guys work tirelessly. They're obsessive 18 hour days, minimum head coaches in the NFL on coaching. They work yeah. on football yeah. all that time. So much of a head coach's position in college is, is not on coaching football. It's campaigning. They want to go somewhere else so they can coach football. Uh, yep. You know, they, they basically want to be coordinators. The mad scientist types who have no personal skills, like this guy, they, they end up being good coordinators. You, you saw him. You know, Vic Fangio is one of those guys. He, he, he doesn't want to deal with the press. He doesn't want to deal with anybody. He wants to coach football. Hmm. That's why an $11 million a year of the number two team in the country who's still relatively young might want to move back into the NFL. Yeah. The other big information there in that interview, which was concerning and maybe it was a red flag for me about bringing Jim Harbaugh. I don't know how much is this of, is him versus the Michigan training staff, but uh, Cade McNamara tore his patella tendon last season. And it was pretty obvious in the MRI scans and Michigan didn't tell him. And uh, they put him back out there with a torn patella tendon. Also this season, he had a, uh, had to have a really serious surgery. I had to, there was even discussion of having to put a cadaver uh, ligament in his knee. Um, and Michigan, he got a second opinion on that one, flew out to LA to get a second opinion. Michigan was going to have him ready to practice and get back out there, even though it was a clearly torn uh, ligament in his knee. And that's, there's also a really good tight end um, from Michigan that is also had some issues with the, uh, the training staff at Michigan, which is like that. I don't know how much is that is connected to Harbaugh directly versus the guys Michigan has hired, but uh, concerning, uh, no doubt. Sorry if this offends you, but if you are against player compensation at the NCAA level, you are unbelievably selfish. Yep. Just hearing that stuff is un unbelievable, right? They're trying to maximize, squeeze every bit of value out of those guys and then discard them. Uh, the DWI guy's coming in, 25 pounds. Appreciate you saying, if the Broncos can attempt to contain Kelsey, it's a... Uh, Yep, Kelsey, that's up. For some reason, it looked weird. Um, they have a chance, but yes, the offense still has to score, which I'm not sure they will. The ceiling seems to be 10 points. Yeah, this is a tough matchup for the Broncos. I think they're going to do a good job of limiting Kelsey in terms of explosive plays, but I, I'm I'm worried about the, the volume of catches. I think he's going to be very efficient in this one. I will say the explosive plays, I feel pretty good about the tackling and being in position of the linebackers, Singleton and Jewel. If he gets to the second level and he has a one-on-one -on -one or a you know tackle isolation situation with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, hearts beat a little bit fast. <laughs> that's that's not a good one. Contain is right. You know if you no. can let him limit him to a lot of less run after the catch. 
know, seven yards here and there. The question is, is he getting those seven yards on third and six, seven or eight times extending drives? Uh, but yeah, limit him. Uh, it's it's tough. I mean, they're they're big home underdogs for a reason. But again, a big home underdog in NFL is ten points. We're not talking like fifty points like we see in college. And every once in a while, those upsets happen. So yes, it mm-hmm. could happen. It's highly improbable, of course, but it could. This if this defense shows up to play, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This defense shows up to play, they'll be in every game. Then you just need a couple breaks coming your way. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. <laughs> Jeremy said, I didn't even see the confetti on Nick's screen. That was just a lonely piece of cat hair floating around. Uh, too many pets, too much hair, especially the long-haired do- uh, dog and cat. But, uh, guys, we are at 8 o'clock, and Scott and I think <laughs> it happened at all. This is on me, um, but I'm glad that we still got you know 134 people in here. We're going to get the podcast out as well. And uh, we got to give our final prediction, but just going to start to wrap it on up. So if you have any questions or... Super chats, Christmas time, you know, maybe send, send Nick to New Zealand. Hashtag God bless you. Um, but uh, then get on in. But uh, Scott, I want your final score prediction on this one. I think the line has jumped to nine is eight and a half. Nine uh, keeps climbing. 27, six. 27, couple to of six. field goals. Can you go two straight games without getting into the um, red zone? That'd be unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even get into the red zone, let alone score a touchdown. You didn't even get into the red zone last week against the Ravens. Um, it's not quite as bad a matchup, I don't think, as an AFC North team who's playing well because they want to beat you up and the Broncos are soft. Yes, I said it. They're soft. They've been soft for two years that I've been watching. This is a better matchup, a little more skill, a little more flair, um, but they're better skill and better flair. And they have Patrick Mahomes instead of Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Uh, this is a rough one, I will say. So the Broncos have played the Chiefs pretty well um, compared to other teams. The Chiefs offense pretty well compared to other teams. I think pretty consistently the Broncos points per game have been significantly lower than Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs average over the time that Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, especially when the Broncos had Vic Fangio. I'm curious if that trend's con- trend continues because the Broncos do a lot of things differently up front, and that includes blitzing. But under Vic Fangio, there's a team that wanted to send four people and uh, they would, you wouldn't dare say that to a player. Yes, I, I would. I just wouldn't say it to a specific player saying you are soft. And when you say that, someone say, listen, I'd like to see you throw your head in there a little bit more. You, you, you never speak I, in recruiting world. You never spoke in the negative. You always spoke in the what needs to be better in the positive. He's not soft. I want to see him get tougher. He's not slow. I just like to see him a step quicker. He's not too short. Maybe he's got a growth spurt in him. So, yes, I would, Bruce. If I'm willing to say it on here, I'll say it to anybody. I'm accountable to for everything I say to anyone I say, and I've been conducting my set, my my uh, myself like that for 20 years. Yeah. And uh, I will say that I'm soft. Um, I'm sitting under here in a blanket <laughs> in my basement with a little sweater. I'm like, ooh, I'm chilly. I could use my coffee now. Um, but uh, I think – so getting back to the point here about how the team is – the defense is built Vic Fangio. They like to send four guys, you know, play cover four, cover six, uh, some cover three with two deep safety looks. But the point being, they did not like the blitz is your Evro for, I don't know what it is. Blitzing is such a buzzword. Oh, we love it. When you blitz the people just like the aggression, even though it can give up explosive plays sometimes, but it's your Evro loves to blitz. Patrick Mahomes is like the best quarterback in the history of the NFL against the blitz in terms of EPA, it's like, it's unbelievable how good he is against the blitz. Um, so that to me says this one could be unfortunately uglier um, than 
what we've seen in the past. Broncos defense, oh, they're good. How they play, I'm a little bit concerned about how They'll that matches up down. the Chiefs. You know, like they did last year. Slow it down and limit the possessions. It's like, okay, if he's good against the blitz, that means big plays. We won't get the big plays. So you'll just have to go on 15 play drives to score your touchdown. So yeah, but do it they could, change... could keep the scoring down like it has yeah. in the past. Um, and then, you know, it, how, what did the Bengals do? Well, the, the Bengals had an incredible front four, and they were getting pressure with three guys. They were using three guys. They, the they, opposite they, they were dropping team. eight into, into, into coverage and getting pressure with three guys. Man, oh, what a mastermind defensive play. Dude, if I can get the pressure with three defensive linemen and drop eight into coverage, I'm going to be the guy too. That's real yeah. easy. Yeah, so that's the opposite of what the Broncos have done this season. Sending guys, they send less and uh, played more contain uh, on that. Keeping Patrick Mahomes have to stay in rhythm and make uh, – he just would get rid of it before pressure would even get there because the clock would be going off in his head like, okay, this is this is too long. I can't just stand back here. Um, so I'm worried about that matchup for the Broncos, and they're just so hurt. So I got the Broncos losing this one 24-13. Uh, to 13. I think it's that's an okay output. You have, an extra, I think it's gonna, you have, a, you have a, a garbage touchdown in there. Yep, I think it's going to be uh, the Broncos are going to be down a lot pretty early, and then the Chiefs are going to kind of put it, you know, cruise it on home, put it into low gear, and the Broncos score one, but it's pretty well at hand at that point. And a touchdown to make us all feel a little better. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a rough one. I hope the Broncos win, but I do not see it coming. We got Ethan coming in. There we go. I knew if I teased you guys enough, uh, we'd get another super chat coming in. Or Ethan double dipping, 50 pounds coming in this time, saying, Great show, gents in Broncos country. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Ethan. You have a great weekend too. And I hope everyone's enjoying the all the holiday stuff coming up here. It's always a good time of year. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, of course. Uh, checking in uh, this morning, let you know when we were live. Uh, uh, you know, I give Nick crap, but, you know, that's because Nick's so good. He, he he deserves a little crap every once in a while. Like I said, it's it's one of the – he gets up at 6 a.m. Well, he gets up earlier to be ready for 6 a.m. on this show. Um, so it's uh, that he's here every three days a week for us is uh, is – very good for him. I want to hear, hit Lou real quick because Lou's kind of saying what, what I've said. You know, can you win? Yeah, you can. Appreciate you coming in, Lou. He says, maybe we get a game where all the breaks go our way, given the number of fumbles that have bounced the wrong way and the calls that have gone against us. If you can't be lucky, be good, be lucky. I posted something similar to this uh, watching Georgia and LSU. Um, you know, I'd rather be, be lucky than good. My dad always said, I want to be good and lucky. That's what I saw watching the Georgia Bulldogs. They were good and they were lucky. And yeah. they blew out LSU in that game. So be be good and lucky. And you're right. You could have some of these, the you know, the strip sacks, the the, the force fumbles, that all went the wrong direction in the first half of the season. It helped contribute to where you are now. It's been it's been a lot of you know. Here I am making the case for Nathaniel Hackett deserves another shot because because Melvin Gordon fumbles, because John Javante Williams fumbles and then gets hurt, because your left tackles out, who I said was the most irreplaceable player on the team. Because Tim Patrick went out early, all these things. No, all of those things mean something at the top has to change. So, yeah, but be good and lucky, Lou. Appreciate you coming in. You are definitely right about Georgia being good and lucky. The block punt and then nobody knowing what the hell is going on. Block kick, excuse me. The interception off of the LSU player's helmet. I mean, just like it was. It was, un- it. it was on there. Be good, <laughs> be good and lucky. And that was right after they had just blocked a field goal that yep. nobody covered. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to run this up and run it back. Yeah. <laughs> They would have won anyway, but uh, yeah, you're 100% right. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Again, that's on me for being late, but appreciate Scott for being able to jump on in here. I was about to go live myself and just talk a little bit of Chiefs and uh, Broncos and answer the questions, and uh, that's my one purse every six months where it's like, oh, my God, 
phone didn't go off. So we'll call it that maybe one every four months, but uh, we appreciate the heck out of you guys. Have a good one. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH also follow us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And of course, as the ticker says there underneath, please subscribe, like, and share. Uh, we will see you guys again on Monday morning to recap that Broncos game. And uh, hey, maybe they win. Maybe we'll be you know bouncing off the walls because the Broncos had everything came together and uh, Russell Wilson's back and the defense is great. And we, we're going to close out and win every game to clo- end the season. We, we can still live in that world right now. It's the, it's the time of hope. It is Christmas season. Absolutely. Do you believe in miracles? Uh, appreciate you guys so much. Continue to choose compassion and kindness. Have a good rest of your day. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.